listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We start in Arizona where it's been uh, a notable offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. First, they land J.J. Watt via free agency earlier a couple of weeks ago, and now they land A.J. Green, the longtime Cincinnati Bengal. The Cincinnati Bengal that represented Steve Fezzik's favorite team is in the desert with Arizona. It's a one-year deal worth up to $8.5 million, including $6 million guaranteed. Now, I got one comment, and we'll go to Fez is if only we hear a report soon that Arizona has a time machine and they go back to 2015, (laughs) they're going to be looking mighty good with J.J. Watt and A.J. Green. I don't expect that. I'm not so excited about this. Fez, what do you think? This is beyond puzzling. A.J. Green, $6 million guaranteed. R.J., let me hit you with some numbers here. Last year, when any Cincinnati quarterback threw the ball to anyone not named A.J. Green, they completed 68% of those passes. When they threw to A.J. Green, 45%. Look at that difference. 45 versus 68. I just don't understand this. A.J. Green turns 33 here at the end of this month, and I don't expect him to have any impact, much less a $6 million impact. So this is an interesting stat that I've never heard before. I mean, I can understand it. The idea of what's the completion percentage to a certain wide receiver. So I think what that implies is, is there something about A.J. Green that made the Bengals quarterbacks force the ball to him? And then was he not getting separation? He just wasn't getting open. Is that the takeaways? Exactly right. And periodically what would happen is that the team would make it a point of emphasis. Let's face it, A.J. Green was one of the key uh, parts of the franchise, and they wanted to get him more involved, and they were forcing the ball to him, but he had no separation. And you know what? You could argue, well, wait a minute. Doesn't A.J. Green, when he does catch the ball, gain more than the other receivers? It's not the case. He averaged 11 per catch, which which was just slightly more than all the other receivers average for the year. Jonas, did you notice Fez was going to say, like, back in the glory days, and then he thought... You know, I, don't, I can't really say that about the Bengals. You know, so it was going to be back that one season. They almost won a playoff game once. You know, he he used to have fourteen. You know, no, he he. Hey, that was good in the moment. Just stopped and said, "Forget about it." We're straight. We're Very straight traumatized out. from uh, growing up a Bengals fan. Well, but let's be honest. Maybe that's part of his mercenary ways now. Like he was losing so much, he says, "I'm going to win when it counts for the money." And the rest of the world has had to suffer over that. So I wish the Bengals had won. If, I, if Collinsworth could have won that one 49ers Super Bowl, maybe Fez would be a different guy. You ever think of that, Fez? <laughs> if we don't drop the interception, if Tim Crumry doesn't break his leg, yeah, maybe. Yes, I'm sure maybe. Tim Tim Crumry <laughs> made all the difference. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, and Jonas Knox. Jonas, what's your takeaway on A.J. Green? Um, I, I think, do they need more offense? Like I just I, I don't know the Well like, if not, why, they made the right signing. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't know why this was this was the move to make. It just feels like there's a lot of flashy moves for Arizona. I don't know how this makes them any better than they were a year ago. I, I still believe that they're the worst team in the NFC West. We talked about this oh, with yeah. JJ Watt. Um I especially with Russell Wilson sticking around, I just don't know that this move nor JJ Watt puts him over the top and then the question turns to all right, well then we're at year three and you've got presumably no playoff appearances for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know how you can call this pairing a success thus far. Well, I've heard from people that 
have their pulse on the league, like with, you know, contacts in the front offices and such, that this is the make or break year for uh, Arizona's coaching staff, Kingsbury, so in, in the staff. So to me, the only thing I'll say is this. As I dig deeper into the transactional side of the NFL, the salary cap, the front office politics, something I've heard more than once, you'd be surprised the number of times the owners get involved in things like a signing like this. Now, let me be clear. I have no specific information in this case. But if it weren't, I almost, I mean, for Kingsbury's you know, reputation, and again, he could be right here, right? It could be A.J. Green's waiting, you know, to have a breakout season. But I don't think so. And, it would, I mean, Jonas, you follow the front offices pretty close. Would it be a shocker if a mandate came down from the owners? Hey, we remember A.J. Green from a couple years ago. We like him. Sign him. No, it wouldn't be a shocker. I, I do think that Kingsbury's got some job security and it, just based on the fact that they walked away from Steve Wilkes and they walked away from Josh Rosen after one year, they went all in with Kingsbury. So I don't, I don't actually think this is a make or break year. I think he's going to be around at least uh, until next season, and then we just figure it out from there. But I, I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. With this so one. if Arizona went eight and eight, you would think Kingsbury's a favorite to keep the job. Oh, 100%. I, I think a significant favorite. Yeah. You have any feel for that, Fess? I don't think they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, RJ. I looked at the division odds, and Arizona clearly last, and I think rightfully so, plus 550 you can get on them to win the division. Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, all much better odds. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Fez, I don't see how a Seattle team that doesn't want to, no way do they want to, uh, like, have a lost year without a quarterback, especially Pete Carroll's age. I mean, he's the reason they traded for Jamal Adams and the way they did that deal was they were trying to win now. I respect the heck out of the Seahawks saying, hey, we're not going to act like this is a sacred cow. We're going to see what the offer is and make a decision. And they didn't. The offer was huge, but it didn't send a quarterback back, and it and it wasn't big enough. And I'm going to just estimate that those two starters are, weren't elite guys because you think the name would be out. So let's assume that's worth one number one pick, meaning two starters, one number one. So that's an estimate. So effectively, the Bears were looking for four to give up four first rounders for Russell Wilson. What do you think of that? Wow. I think if a first-rounder has double benefits because, one, obviously you get a player that helps your team, but you also get a really friendly contract on those first-rounders as well. well, well that hold, is, hold on, hold on. I think everything you said is right, except you just have to have one caveat. A first-rounder has, based on the position group, from about a 50% chance of being good 
to a high, you know, you pick a tackle number nine, he's going to be pretty good typically. So the I think the difference between free agents and draft choices are draft choices are cheaper. Draft choices have a finite number of them, each team. But there's uncertainty in what you're going to get. When you have a, a veteran player, there's just a lot less uncertainty. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, that's a great point. And also, you know, look, looking ahead, the the value of a Russell Wilson having a top five quarterback, RJ, elevates your team so much because look at the Bears. They're scrambling to get Andy Dalton. He's a below average quarterback. Russell Wilson, right off the bat, is four points better every game than Andy Dalton. So Andy Dalton, a backup quarterback last year, where do you got him in the Fezzik top quarterback ranking? Andy Dalton, number 28, RJ, 10 Jeez, mil a year. That seems high. So is there any other back? Let's call Andy Dalton a backup for a second. Is there any other backups ahead of him? Uh, yeah, for the New Orleans, who you know, Taysom Hill. All right. So what you're saying is there's 27. So he'd be 20. So there's 26 people ahead of him. Others behind him. Who are the starters you got behind him? Or the you know prospective starters you got behind Andy Dalton? Just Minshew, Darnold, and Hurts. Okay, I can accept that. All right. Yeah. So I'm not sure it's true. I mean, I'd rather have Hurts right now, actually. but Because uh, at least there's an upside there, right? That's uh, a great point. You know Dalton is not going to suddenly appear in the Pro Bowl next year. Yes. It'd be, it'd be funny if he, like had a monster year, got like the seventh best QBR and all the Cincy fans are like mad about it. But I, I think the odds are against it. So Jonas, do you agree with me that, that a team, so let's look at the Jets, for example, if the Jets made a trade for Russell Wilson, if the Jets made it, which isn't likely, or for Deshaun Watson, which is more likely, it would be very easy for them to send back Tua and also to send obviously the number two pick. So if you're Houston, and let me ask you, if you had the choice of the following, you could have Deshaun Watson, disgruntled, but let's say you could leverage him, force him on, you to stay on the team, and he capitulated eventually, let's say. And scenario two is you got likely Zach Wilson with the number two pick. You got Tua. You let them battle it out for like the next two years to see who's good. You can then trade. The thing about these quarterbacks that are pedigreed, no matter how badly they play, they can actually now. If you get to be three years of bad, like Dalton, they're still talking about a high number two. So not that you want to spend like a, the second pick to trade them for a second rounder later, but if that's the downside of taking a quarterback high, is a worst case you dump them for a, a second rounder, that means you're not risking all that much. And the odds are pretty darn good that either Zach Wilson or Tua would emerge as a pretty good starter. You send the other one off for a number two, and you've got five years of cost certainty with, or four years with Tua and five with Wilson based on who makes it. Isn't that maybe more attractive than Deshaun Watson? Uh, I I am not trading Deshaun Watson for that. I'm not trading him for the unknown. I just, especially a guy well, like that's him, the only thing they're going. I mean, you're right. So you're saying you don't want to trade him in any case. No, really. in, in any in any scenario whatsoever, because he's in his prime. It, it's such a rare situation that's happening. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's in his prime. Um, the Russell Wilson, and and the reason why I I believe that Seattle, you know, turned away from doing the deal with the Chicago Bears is because. 
the the problem is the Bears are really the Bears have a pretty good roster. They're really a quarterback away. They were a playoff team a year ago. They were a playoff team a couple of years before that. They're really just a quarterback away. So if you do a deal with them for all these mm-hmm. number one picks, where are those picks mm-hmm. in the mid to late twenties, possibly? And and you talk to some people and they say that's the reason the Raiders made the trade with the Bears instead of the Packers for Khalil Mack because the Raiders thought if we trade with Green Bay, they're going to be picked much deeper in the draft let's do the deal with Chicago and ended up backfiring because the Bears ended up having a good season Green Bay had a down year and thus that pick ended up in the late 20s as opposed to where they thought it was going to be uh, when they made the deal with the Bears for Khalil Mack that's Jonas Knox we are straight out of Vegas I'm RJ Bell be sure to catch live editions of straight out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific Play-in games tip off tomorrow. We've got four of them to get things going, including the nightcapper, UCLA and Michigan State. We're right now on pregame.com. The Spartans are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Fez has a best bet on this one. First, though, I'm going to tease ahead. Tomorrow, at this exact same time, so we'll say 6.50, a little earlier, and one of the things I've been playing with, Jonas, is we're going to do better than 50-50 at 6.50 or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. But with our picks, is I'm going to have my NCAA tournament bet of the year. And I love this bet. That's tomorrow. Fez, not as exciting, but still a best bet from one of the best bettors in the world, Steve Fezzik. I'm excited about Sparty minus two here against UCLA. You know what? If this was on a neutral site, this line certainly makes sense. Spartan team playing better than UCLA right now. I would have made it two. But this game is at Mackey Stadium. That's where Purdue plays. Well, guess what? Michigan State just got to play there last month. So they have familiarity with the venue, the sight lines, advantage Michigan State. Further, there's going to be 25% capacity allowed. I fully expect that the crowd will support Michigan State in this game as well. Another hidden advantage, you put those two together, I'm on Sparty, minus two against UCLA. Now, a lot of people disagree with you. There's been a lot of back and forth on this question. Let's get Jonas's thoughts. Big Ten, it's in Indiana. Let's say there's, to whatever degree, there's the Indiana crowd there, um, meaning locals and such, not representatives from the other team or fans of the other team directly. Do you think a Big Ten Indiana fan base cheers for a Big Ten team or not? Uh, I... I'm a little – Indiana's pretty pissed off right now with their basketball program. Uh, I think they might take it out on everybody. I think so too. And Fez had a brilliant point, <laughs> I thought, in which when he was talking about how the last team to go undefeated was Indiana with Bobby Knight in 76. We got a Gonzaga team that's undefeated. Or is the crowd going to be against them, all la the Miami Dolphins, 72 Dolphins? I think he's got a point there. By the way, Fez, I'm going to make you a quick – uh, you like to bet, I think, right? I'm going to give you a chance to make a bet, <laughs> all right? And I'm going to let you choose which side of this bet you want. So you can either have Gonzaga, the favorite, the clear favorite to win it, and I get to pick two teams. And I think the two teams, we're going to give the two teams plus 110, so they're getting a little extra payoff, or would you rather have the two teams? I'll let you have your choice, and we'll do, what, 300 bucks? Sounds good. I want the two teams, RJ. All right, which two teams? I will take Illinois playing great basketball with DeSuma back and Baylor. So you said Alabama and who? Illinois and Baylor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we, we, uh, Dave, Dave Essler, who's going to be on the show with us tomorrow, pregame pro, Jonas, he, he did this bet against me and AJ, and he took Alabama. Oh, and, wow. 
and uh, we did a coupon code on the pod for something, and we made it Alabama ten. He wasn't. He was not amused. We told him we go. This isn't football. This this is not football. Um, so Fez, you were really raving about one of my picks, and I love when you do that. It, it was in the NFL. You want to double down on it. Yeah, you you went ahead and gave out Washington to win the division plus three fifty. You identified before they got Fitzmagic how Washington was undervalued. You look back in the playoffs that lost to Tampa Bay, competitive, only lose by eight. Washington, really good defense, and now you pick up Fitzmagic, my number fourteen quarterback. He's worth the win by himself, picking him up. I love your pick, Washington to win the division plus three fifty. All right, I like that too. And 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 again, I think Fitzpatrick. Uh, QBR, we know, is outstanding. And again, QBR isn't everything, but last two years, very good. And the real question is, I think we're seeing this with the NFL now, everyone wants to wait for Watson, but all the other quarterbacks are going. So to some degree, would you rather have a decent quarterback for sure or wait for Watson, Fitzpatrick? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.